This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. So while it feels like you might need to rush and get your down payment as soon as possible, given the rising home prices and interest rates, it might make more sense to slow down. After all, there is no race here. There will be a home for you eventually. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we are going to do three things. First, we're going to be answering a question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community about whether it makes sense to put 20% down for your home down payment. Second, we are starting another new segment today because I'm crazy and I like to add a lot of segments. (laughs) But there are a lot of folks looking to make some extra money on the side from the comfort of their home. So I want to provide you stories and solutions of real people who are doing this. I'm calling it internet money mostly because of this South Park skit that I saw like 20 years ago where the characters were wondering about how people made money on YouTube and they were all demanding their internet money. They were pretty confused about the whole thing. So we're going to unconfuse it today and (laughs) do a series of interviews this year to help you make more money from home using the magical internets. And today we're going to feature a chat with Julie Berninger, who makes money selling printables and bachelorette party tattoos on Etsy. (laughs) She's pulled in a thousand bucks per month being crafty and working at home all while being a young mother. More on that later. I hope you enjoy the new segment. And last but not least, my son Calvin will be joining me for another good word with all the rough news out there lately. Calvin and I are going to be sharing some good news. All right, let's jump into today's show. I received a question from Juan via voicemail, and here it is. Hey, Andy, thanks for taking uh, my request, man. Listen, I'm driving, so hopefully you can hear this. Pretty much my big question is, my wife and I, we make about 250 grand a year. We're debt-free, we have an emergency fund, we're not investing probably like 15 to 18% of our income. The only issue is we don't have a home. And I guess my big question for you is, what do we do about the market? Do we aggressively save right now? You know, because I know at Ramsey, they teach 20% minimum. And that would take us so much longer because we live right outside of the New York City. And a decent size home here is 750 to a million dollars. And that would take us some time. Or would you say, is it bad to just get or put 3% down? I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it because I'm really debating and trying to pick some people's minds that I respect in business and in finance. Let me know what you think, man. Juan, thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, The voicemail was a bit garbled at the end, but what I believe you said is is 15% okay instead of 20% for your home down payment. And for our sake, just to keep the show going, let's go with that's what you said. (laughs) Ultimately, Juan, this is a personal decision that has financial ramifications to it. So let's talk about the benefits of putting 20% down on your house. And we'll also talk about the cons of doing this as well so we can have a nice balance show. 
All right, let's start off with the benefits of putting 20% down on a house. Number one, it avoids PMI. With most conventional mortgages, putting 20% or more down helps you to avoid private mortgage insurance, otherwise known as PMI. This is an additional lender fee that can be upwards of like 1% of your loan. So let's say you're shopping in the $500,000 range for your new home. If you dip below a 20% down payment, not only will your monthly mortgage payment be higher, but the PMI will steal more of your money each month. So if you only put 15% down, like your example, on this $500,000 home, you could owe an additional $354 per month or $4,250 annually. If you go with 20% down, you avoid the PMI altogether. So instead of $75,000 as your down payment for 15%, you'd need a $100,000 down payment. Now that is a tall order, but it could be worth it in the long run. And if we're talking about New York City, New York, as you said, you're from the New York area, we might need to double these numbers (laughs) here, Juan. (laughs) Number two, higher down payments help with lower interest rates. The lower your loan-to-value ratio is, the lower your interest rates can be. This is because the bank or the lender feels you are a less risky bet because you're bringing more cash to the party. For example, let's say your $500,000 home has a $400,000 mortgage on it. Your loan-to-value ratio is 80%. If you go with a 15% down payment, your loan-to-value increases to 85% because your mortgage is instead of $400,000. It doesn't sound like a huge difference, but let's do some calculations to see. I went to bankrate.com and found a convenient loan-to-value calculator, which I'll put in the show notes, everybody. It's pretty much a simple division problem. (laughs) But I like calculators because it gets us thinking, and then we can kind of put in different numbers and see how it all works. Anyway, I found that a $500,000 home with a 20% down payment with a 15-year mortgage, because you said you were a Ramsey guy, Juan, so a 15-year mortgage is suggested with those folks. In today's market, depending on your credit score, you could get a 2.92% rate, which would make your monthly payments $2,691 per month without taxes and insurance. If you went with 15% down instead, your rate would go up to 2.95% and your monthly payments would be $2,859. Not a ton more, but slightly higher loan to value ratio is going to make you pay $168 more per month for the life of your loan. So it's not a small amount of money. It's more money. (laughs) Number three, you'll have more money for the cost of home ownership. Between the elimination of the PMI and the lower interest rate, we're looking at eliminating $500 per month if you go with the 20% down instead of the 15% down. Again, that's not a small amount of money. And as a new homeowner, that $500 per month could help you with the many, 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 many costs that a homeownership has to offer you. These are often overlooked 
and they come and smack new homeowners in the face because we're so fixated on the interest rates and the mortgage payments that we forget about all this other stuff. I know this to be true because it happened to me when I put 10% down on my first home. I could afford the mortgage for sure, but the real surprise to me was the stuff I wasn't expecting because I was a previous renter. Things like utilities, electric, gas, water, all these things that start to rack up each month. Home maintenance and repairs, lawn care, snow shoveling, clearing, plowing, blowing, whatever you do, however you deal with the snow. Whether you pay for that or you take care of it yourself, there's still a cost, there's still a time associated with it. Also, you're going to want to save up for these one-time expenses as well. Closing costs, updates to the new house when you move in, furnishing the house, painting the house, stuff you and your spouse might not think about when you move in, but you want it. (laughs) Blinds, blinds. When we bought our home, we spent so much money on blinds. It was crazy. My point is there will be costs you need to prepare for and having extra cash will definitely help with those unforeseen home ownership crazy costs. All right, now let's talk about some cons of the 20% down payment on a house. Now with so many benefits of the 20% down, what's there not to like? Well, here are a few cons to consider. Number one, it takes a really long time to save up. This one's obvious, right? Depending on your financial situation and the area of the country you live, saving up 20% can feel like it takes a lifetime. A $500,000 house may sound like a fairy tale to some of our listeners, maybe in Seattle, where typical home values are around $900,000, or Los Angeles, where home values are $795,000, or Boston at close to $800,000, while folks living in Indianapolis, their median home values are $208,000, or Atlanta at $366,000, or even Miami at $469,000. These folks might find that $500,000 example to be high. (laughs) So this all depends on where you live. And since we've got a national or even global show at some points, take it with a grain of salt, right? This all depends also on how much you make. Our household income here in the Hill House is around $120,000 right now, while Juan's for our example, is around $250,000. So his family income is more than double ours, but the area of the country he lives in is a lot more expensive. Since everyone's situation is different, the amount of time it takes for you to save up this down payment, it's going to be different too. Number two, housing prices are rising like crazy. Last year, national housing prices rose by 19%. That's national average, man. Isn't that nuts? When you're saving your money in a high-yield savings account at 0.05%, it's tough to see how you'll ever catch up to housing prices this fast. Now, I'm not a fan of investing your home down payment money due to the volatility of the market, as we discussed last week. And my past experience doing this it just didn't work out. I didn't really like the short time frame. Depending on where you live in the country, 19% might be incredibly high or low. For example, Austin's home prices rose by 30% last year. And for our buddy Juan with this question, prices in Manhattan are down compared to all-time highs in 2017. This is probably a lot to do with the pandemic and people leaving the city for the suburbs. Again, though, this surge in pricing is all relative to where you live. Number three, interest rates are rising. 
The Federal Reserve is expected to raise interest rates by a quarter point this month. That means mortgage interest rates will likely increase as well. By the time you listen to this, they may have already gone up. (laughs) So taking the time to save up for a 20% down payment might mean your rate and your monthly payment will be higher. Depending on how the economy looks as this year rolls on, getting a mortgage may continue to get more and more expensive. So, is less than a 20% down payment okay? Well, now that we've looked at both the pros and the cons of a 20% home down payment in this market, I'm going to share what I would do if I were in your shoes, Juan. Number one, crunch some numbers. Do the math and see how long it'll really take you to save up 20%. Is it really going to be forever or just like another year? If it's within a reasonable time frame, and again, you can only decide what reasonable is, then I'd keep plugging away at your savings until you get to 20%. Number two, increase your income. You're making great money already, man. Can you increase that income during this time period of your life? If so, go for it. The best place to start with increasing your income, remember, is where you already make money. Is it time for a raise? Can you get some bonuses? Can you get commission? Can you get referral fees? Can you get overtime? Find out ways to increase your income at work. If there's no opportunities there, can you work a side hustle for a period of time so your homeownership experience is something you actually enjoy? Or maybe you have some stuff laying around your house that you could sell on Facebook Marketplace that you don't use anymore. I believe this extra hustle to get some more money in will be worth it in the long run. Number three, decrease your expenses. Really look over your budget and see where you can decrease expenses for the time being. Look at the big expenses first, housing, transportation, and food, and then the smaller stuff. Your extra attention here could make a really big difference. Number four, consider a less expensive home. If homeownership is very important to you, but your exact location is not, consider looking around for a less expensive area. Or perhaps the area is very important, but you could get away with a smaller place. Consider that as well. Being flexible will allow you to make homeownership a reality much sooner. Number five, do your thing. After you've done all these things and you really want to buy the house with less than 20% down, go for it, man. After all, most people in our country do. According to the National Realtors Association in 2021, the average home down payment was 12%. And for folks under 30, that dropped to 6%. So it's not like you're doing anything wrong by going with less than 20% down. There are just some financial ramifications to that decision, and we've covered those already. If you're aware of these financial ramifications and you're financially prepared to battle them, then get that home of your dreams, man. I'm not stopping you. (laughs) I hope that helps you with your decision to buy your new home with a 20% down payment or not. It's a uh, really big decision to buy a home. In fact, it's the single biggest purchase most people make in their lifetime. So while it feels like you might need to rush and get your down payment as soon as possible, given the rising home prices and interest rates, it might make more sense to slow down. After all, there is no race here. There will be a home for you eventually. You'll be living as a homeowner very soon. I'm hoping it'll be as a happy homeowner and not one that feels owned by their home. 
Well, enough from me, everybody. I would love to hear from you. What do you think of this 20% down on a house idea? Is it tough in this crazy market? Do you think 10% or 15% is fine? Please hit me up on social media at Andy Hill MKM to keep the conversation going. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing coast fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Let's jump back into the show. More and more people want the flexibility to work from home. If you're interested in part-time money, side hustles, or even full-time work, the internet has the money we're looking for. On our internet money segment today, we're going to interview Julie Berninger. Julie is a work-at-home mom who left her corporate career after 10 years. Now she helps people start side hustles selling printables on Etsy. Today, we're going to learn how people can make money on Etsy through printables and how you might be able to get started today. Welcome back to the show, Julie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about what got you interested in making money with printables on Etsy in the first place. Well, I was one of those people that listened to podcasts during my lunch hour on my commute before and back from work when I used to go to the gym when I had time before I had a kid to work out. And 
I always wanted to start an Etsy shop, but I didn't know how to make bracelets or, and I wasn't a crafty person, but I did discover that temporary tattoos wasn't something that I could have manufactured for me. I would make the designs and I ended up listing them on Etsy and doing really well in the bachelorette party space. Cause at the time I was in my late twenties and now I'm in my early thirties, but I'd been going to a lot of bachelorette parties. And I realized that people would be willing to spend twenties, a hundred dollars on these throwaway items for that one night only. And it was a good market. So I did the tattoos for a while, but on top of my corporate job, it became a burden, even though I was making money and it was typically between 15 to $20 per order, because a large amount of people will attend a bachelorette party and they would buy tattoos for the whole group of like a dozen women who were attending. So I needed something that was more passive. And I happened to meet someone when I was at a conference for blogging, because that was something I was also exploring at the time. And she told me that she sold printables on Etsy and made six figures. And that sort of made a light bulb go off in my head. Okay, I can keep my Etsy shop. I can still sell in the bachelorette space, but why don't I try selling printables for bachelorette party? And the idea of creating that more passive business model was very appealing to me. That's very cool. So from there, how did you ramp things up and have this end up being like a decent paying side hustle for you? Sure. So last year alone, I made almost $11,000 in my Etsy shop. And I took six months off to move 3,000 miles across the country and didn't do a thing. Didn't list a product, product. All I did was answer customer messages if they came in on occasion. So it's something that has grown over time. Now with the bachelorette party printables, I started out making scavenger hunts for bar crawls. And that was something fun that made sense and was a desirable product then. But with the pandemic, bachelorette parties were one of the first events to just decide they were not a necessary event. So I had to sort of reimagine my shop. And that's when I started getting better and better at keyword research and following trends. And I was able to find other products that could give me that $1,000 per month in revenue that I was sort of looking for, that supplemental side hustle revenue that was my goal. So I found templates for small business owners. I started dabbling more in seasonal products for holidays and experimenting. And then I was able to get that shop up back to the income level that I was looking for. We talked at the top of the show that you left your corporate career and you're helping people do this. You didn't leave from selling bachelorette printables on Etsy solely, right? No. So I've been trying to do the digital business online thing as a side hustle for years and years. And I had a podcast, which is how I met you, Andy. And I had a blog and I had been monetizing all the things. And then when I started selling printables on Etsy, that was the one that took off the most in terms of I had my podcast listeners that were super engaged and I had people signing up to do these masterminds with me that they were wanting to learn more about selling on Etsy and they were seeing success. Printable space on Etsy is a growing and growing market. In the last couple of years, people's shopping patterns changed. They're shopping more online. They're doing more DIY, fun kind of decorative things when they're celebrating or celebrating events or giving cards to other people. I mean, they're not going to CVS or Rite Aid and picking up a card anymore. They're printing it from Etsy. So I had more and more people that were just interested in selling on Etsy. And then I was able to start a business, Gold City Ventures, that along with that, plus selling on Etsy, plus making money a th little bit through blogging and podcasting and being in the financial freedom movement, I had a lot of savings. That's what ultimately allowed me to step away from corporate in July of last year. I love that. That's great. Yeah, Julie and I have been buddies for a while. Started a podcast around a similar time, and we've both been on this digital entrepreneur journey for quite a while. But all all the ups and the downs of it, right, Julie? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a roller coaster for sure. But it's something that I'm super passionate about, and when I help other people find the same fire that I have for it, it's really exciting to me. 
Yeah, the cool thing about what you're talking about today is Julie's done all the research for you for this. And it's like, hey, if you're looking for a, a nice side hustle where you can use some of your creativity, this might be for you. So let's talk about why Etsy. You know, Etsy, we know Google. Everybody goes to Google, right? And we go to different search engines. Talk about Etsy as a place to sell things. Why is that a good place to sell things? Sure. So as someone who tried many different online side hustles, the best thing about Etsy is that it has 90 million customers that are shopping on there. And that number increases every year. Customers on Etsy, they want a more personalized custom product. I personally think of Etsy when I'm trying to get someone a nice Christmas gift or to celebrate some event or occasion in their life. I know that if I go to Etsy, I'm going to get something that's more personalized and cute and something that will really make the person receiving it feel special. So in the printable space, Etsy is becoming more and more known for that. I mean, people are shopping there for last minute gifts. I know Love Coupons was a big hit on Valentine's Day this year. That was kind of surprising, but it makes tons of sense. I mean, people were looking for that last minute special gift they could give someone and there's no better place for that type of thing than Etsy. And Etsy will bring the customers to you. That's the biggest reason of why Etsy. It's because as someone who built a podcast and a blog, and you know this too, Andy, it takes a really, really long time to build an audience. On social media, it can take a long time. Whereas if you put your stuff up somewhere that already has customers, and out of that 90 million, maybe a small percentage is interested in your particular niche that you sell in, but they're bringing the customers to you and you don't have to necessarily do all that work over time to build that audience. Printables specifically, a lot of people are selling different types of things. You've even dabbled in different things on Etsy. Why printables? Why is that a good place to start for people? For those of us that want a more passive side hustle, what's awesome about printables is that you pick when you do the work. So I will do research to figure out what type of product I want to make. And then I'll make the product on my computer. And then once I list it to Etsy, theoretically, hundreds, thousands of people can buy that product with very little action from me. Now, sometimes I'll get a customer service question and I do have to answer those, but not every person that buys does that. And that's what the difference was between now selling printables and when I was selling the temporary tattoos. With the tattoos, I had to make a big investment up front. Even tattoos that aren't that expensive, I've shelled out a couple hundred dollars so that I could make the tattoos. And I was wrong. I picked some designs that just didn't sell. So not only did I sort of waste my time on those, but I also had boxes of tattoos in a design that no one is ever going to want that are now under my bed in a guest room somewhere. And I'm not, I don't know what to do with these things. Whereas with printables, you can change your mind on the drop of a hat. And all you did was sort of waste that time to create the printable. And it's not it's fun to actually make a printable. So it can feel like a relaxing, creative thing for you to do too. Yeah, that's the cool thing about, I think, this creative activity. I think a lot of people are looking for maybe a little bit of side hustle money, but they also like doing creative things. So maybe going to drive for Uber or whatever, because that's quick and easy. Yeah, they can get you money, but I don't know, you're not really flexing your creative muscle and you're not looking to grow a you know small side hustle passively as well. By the way, on the tattoo thing, if you want to just bring those to the next conference you and I go to, we can just throw them on. I'll, I'll definitely wear it. A tattoo that you have. Okay. Um, you don't want their bachelorette party ones, so you don't want to know what they say. Let's just I have say no that. shame. I have no shame. So I'm good. You and I can hang out and be weird. It'll be fun. That'll uh, be fun. <laughs> let's talk about different content that people are putting up there. Obviously, you know, Etsy's probably all over the map, but like maybe just throw some ideas uh, or maybe ones that you've come across through through coaching in your course. Sure. So we came up with a strategy after taking a couple thousand students through the course of what will get them their first sale faster. Because people are more motivated to continue and grow the side hustle when they see those dollars really soon. And that's what I love about Etsy versus other things I've done like podcasting or blogging, where it actually takes a long time, can be years before you even see your first dollar of return with those side hustles. So students that start out 
trying to, we call it kind of chase the holidays or chase the seasonal calendar. That actually is a pretty successful side hustle because Etsy is known for celebrating holidays, getting decor for those holidays, for gift giving. And there's always a printable element to all of those things. So that's what we recommend to people that are just getting started. You don't necessarily have to find your unicorn niche that no one's discovered. That's the most amazing, smartest thing. Just whatever the next holiday is, two months ahead or, or a month ahead, depending on how fast you work, pick that and try to make printables that are related and supportive of that event. You and I both numbers people. So like, what could somebody make doing this if they dedicated a portion of their week to it, you know, side hustle time, call it whatever, 10 hours or something like that. What, what could somebody expect to make if they did this for a while as a side hustle? So I think a good goal is a couple hundred dollars a month from printables in your first year. And then you can get it up once you're someone like me that I spend less time, but I have learned how to do the right research up front. So more of my products maybe might sell than a new person that's learning. That four figure kind of a thousand dollar per month is a really good goal for, you know, when you're six months in a year in on Etsy. That being said, I know people that have taken this course that I've seen and they love it. They don't want to spend the four or five hours that we recommend a week. They want to spend 15, 20 hours and they throw everything into it. And I've seen someone make six figures on Etsy in a year, which makes me like, wow, I get so jealous. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be taking six months off and moving. Like maybe I should spend more time doing this because there is a huge, there's huge potential with this. So that kind of was a limiting belief of mine. I thought like, oh, this is, you know, printables are kind of like a, a little adjacent side hustle, but it could potentially be a full-time income for someone, but they have to spend the time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. It all, all takes the dedication and the time you put into it and your general interest in the topic as well. So, you know, there's somebody listening right now. I'm even thinking this too, as, as my question, like I'm not very creative. I like to think that I'm creative with making a podcast or videos and things like that. But when it comes to like design and stuff like that, I don't really feel like I have that type of skill. What would you say to that person that's maybe interested in this as a side hustle, but it's not very creative? That is one of the number one scares that people have with starting a side hustle like this. And I promise you, myself, the others that are taking this, we're not graphic designers. If you are a graphic designer, fantastic. You just you know made it easier for yourself, but you don't have to be. My printables are not very pretty and that's okay. They still sell. In the bachelorette party space, you can imagine having gaudy, bright colors, glitter everywhere. That was a bonus in terms of sales. In in this celebration and holiday and kids printable stuff, that type of like d- design, it's not like people are looking for the most beautifully, most aesthetically created things. Now, if you are selling in the wedding space or you're selling wall art, and wall art is one of the first things that people want to sell when they want to get into the side hustle. And I try to discourage them from doing wall art just because the standards that, that a customer wants with wall art is much higher. I mean, making something that is made on your first try that's good enough to hang in someone's living room for six months, that's like a really bold attempt. But for those of us that make this holiday stuff where we make more kind of celebration or event-based things, these are things that people are using for like one day and they're not necessarily holding it to the same aesthetic standards as other things. So that's what I would say. You don't need to do this to be a graphic designer. It's not really about the graphic design. It's kind of about the business stuff. That's what's going to make you a successful shop or not. If you have it all, then, then that's great. But most of us don't have the graphic design down. Yeah. And then even for somebody who I don't even know how to use Photoshop or anything like that, are there other programs that somebody could maybe utilize that are a little user friendly for novices like me? (laughs) Yes. So canva.com is a free online graphic design tool. It's truly amazing. 
I have the Adobe Creative Cloud, which is kind of an expensive software package. And I just use Canva now at this point. It's just, it has everything. And over time, they've gotten better and better with features. But you can find elements and clip art and fonts within Canva. You can make the most printables directly from Canva yourself. And it's a very low cost side hustle to get started. I mean, Canva has a free version of it. Like anything, you can pay for upgrades and bells and whistles, but you can get started with free for this side hustle and get going. Our favorite price on this show is free. So <laughs> no, it's it's true though. Like if you're getting into a business, you know, there's there's lots of potential, depending on what you're doing, lots of upfront costs that can come into things. But something like this can be something you could dabble in and then decide if you like it. And if you really like it, you can go head first in. So if somebody's listening, they're like, hey, this sounds really interesting. I know you guys have a course. We mentioned that a few times. Tell us about the course and then how people can check it out. Sure. So the ePrintables course takes you through the A to Z of starting your Etsy business from zero. And we teach our seasonal product strategy as well as the keyword research tools that we've used as bloggers and podcasters that also apply to Etsy. So I think that's kind of the advantage of getting the done for you approach. And your time is valuable. That's something I've learned on this digital journey. I did spend years trying to DIY. And then there's a certain point where it's like, well, if I just got the answers ahead of time, I could have done this and left my corporate job probably a lot faster. But it's something that I, I learned. If you want to get started a low-cost way, there's a free ebook I can give you, Andy, called The Seasonal Product Secret. And that's a 20-page kind of primer to starting the Etsy printables business. And we talk about some different tools that we use and give ideas of printables to make. I can give you a link to that to share with listeners in the show notes. And that might be a good first step. Why don't we put it under marriagekidsandmoney.com slash printables, everybody. And I'll, I'll make a pretty link for that, Julie. You can send me the link afterwards. So yeah, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash printables. That way you guys can connect with Julie, learn more about how to make printables on Etsy, and just bring in a little bit of extra cash while you are flexing your creative muscle. And if you don't have like all those super skills, Canva sounds like a great place to, to go. I use it a lot and uh, could really help with this printable adventure. Julie, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate and if people want to just check out your website, where should they go? Goldcityventures.com or you can find me on Instagram, Millennial Boss, two L's, two N's. I apologize for the cheesy rails. I'm learning social media and how to do video. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And if you guys want to uh, hear a, a fun episode that Julie and I did, it's probably four or five years ago. I'm going to put that link in the show notes too. We talk about Julie's adventure in financial freedom for her family as well. Julie, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much for having me. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one quick favor for me. Please share a positive family finance news story on social media and tag your friend Andy at Andy Hill MKM. I believe there's an opportunity for people like us to shine light and positivity in the world right now, especially on social media. I believe we can be the change that we want to see out there. So recently, I received this news story from Anonymous on Twitter, and it's entitled, 11-year-old Ukrainian boy flees to safety in Slovakia by himself with phone number scrawled on his hand. And to help me read this article and share the good word, I'm happy to be joined by my son, Calvin Hill. Calvin, how was school today? Good. Good. Do you like your teacher, don't you? Mm -hmm. She's nice. She's a good person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's do the story, man. Here we go. 
An 11-year-old Ukrainian boy has been hailed as a hero after fleeing his war-torn country by himself with only a plastic bag, a passport, and a telephone number written on his hand. The boy, Hassan, traveled roughly 620 miles by train from the site of Europe's largest nuclear power plant to Slovakia to meet relatives, according to Slovak officials. The power plant was taken over by Russian forces last week after a battle during which shelling led to a fire at a training facility. Although none of the reactors were damaged, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky warned the attack could have caused destruction on a scale far bigger than the 1986 Chernobyl disaster. In a video posted on Facebook, the boy's mother said she is a widow and explained that she was unable to leave because she had to stay with her sick mother who cannot move on her own. I am very grateful that they saved the life of my child, Yulia Petetskia said Sunday. In your small country, there are people with big hearts. Please save our Ukrainian children and give them a safe haven, she added. Once Hassan safely crossed over the border, volunteers and Slovak authorities kept him warm and provided him with food and water which they packed for his next trip. Authorities used the telephone number written on the boy's hand to contact his relatives as they were united. Petsetskia thanked Slovak authorities for helping her son, as well as customs officers at the border who took him by the hand and helped him cross the border in Slovakia. Little Hassan is only 11 years old, but in his way, he has shown huge determination, courage, and fearlessness that sometimes adults don't have. More than two million people have fled Ukraine since the start of Russia's invasion of the country, according to the United Nations. Hundreds of thousands are children. He won everybody's heart with his smile. Fearlessness and determination worthy of a real hero. So, buddy, I wanted to talk to you about this story. Do you think you could travel on a train for 600 miles without mom and dad? No. What would that be feel like to you to do that alone? I'm really scared. Really scared. Yeah. Do you feel like Hassan might have been scared? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm sure Hassan's going to miss his mommy and his grandma back at home, but Hassan will be with his aunts and uncles in their new houses in Slovakia. Do you think Hassan is a hero for traveling so far and making it safely? Yeah. Yeah, you think so? That would be really tough, right? Why did he go there again? Well, there's a war. Remember we talked about this a couple of days ago? There's a war. This, these, uh, this kind of crazy person in Russia decides to invade a country called Ukraine. And all these people are losing their homes. Millions of people, including children. What? Yeah. Mm. Pretty horrible, huh? I want to tell you a story about your grandma, your grandma, Hana. Yeah. She went through something very similar as Hassan. She grew up in Iraq. And at a point, there was a dictator, somebody who came in and said, hey, we're going to change things how they are. And we're going to anybody who has money or goods, we're going to be taking them. So grandma and her family got really scared, right? So they decided to leave. And your grandma, she told me this story, which is really cool. She snuck out in the middle of the night to go to, I think it was either Syria 
uh, I think it was Syria or Jordan, which is a country near where she was living in Iraq, so that she could go and live with some people, friends and family that will protect her as her family was leaving the country. So she helped her family get the information that they needed so that they could leave safely and then eventually make their way to America. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. What do you think it would feel like for Grandma Hana on that trip? It would be really scary. Scary? Yeah. Why do you think she would be scared? Because it was nighttime and it was really dark and I don't think she could see that much. Yeah, that would be scary. So she was very brave, just like Hassan, right? Yeah. Well, your grandma, I love her very much and she is a hero. So thank you for talking to me about this, buddy. This is a interesting conversation. You know, Hassan has a place to go, uh, which is cool, but not a lot of people in the country do have a place to go, especially with some kids. So I wanted to talk to you about maybe donating some of your give money to some of these Ukrainian children that don't have any place to go. What do you think about that? Do you think you want to be able to give and help them so they can have a home? Yeah. That's good. I'm glad. Well, you've got uh, six bucks, I checked, in your ally bucket for your give. Yeah. If you decide to give that to save the children in Ukraine, then I will double it. Does that sound like a good plan? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I'm going to be giving you another $3 just for participating in the good word today. Does that sound good? What are you going to do with that? You're going to buy some mine coins? There's no mine coins with $3, I think. Yeah, but you got like... Wait, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there's um, a $2 one. Is there a $2 one? Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, we get some mine coins and then we can help these kids in uh, Ukraine. Sound good? Yay! All right, cool. Well, Anonymous, thank you for sending me this article. I'm going to be DMing you back with my thanks, and I'd like to offer you a piece of merchandise for free at the Marriage, Kids, and Money store. In fact, we just came with a new t-shirt called Be the Change, and it's a really cool shirt. And anybody who wants to buy that shirt in our store, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash store, I will be donating 100% of the profits to save the children in Ukraine. So if you want to support our family and support this great mission and support Calvin and his understanding of giving, I would appreciate it. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash store. Again, uh, Anonymous, we're going to be sending you that t-shirt for free. But if you also have some you know, good stories you want to send them our way, please do so. And we can hand out some more free merch to you all. But yes, we appreciate it, everybody. You can send that to at Andy Hill MKM on social media or Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com and check out that store, everybody, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash store and uh, support kids in Ukraine through uh, Save the Children. It's a great organization. Five stars on Charity Navigator. Calvin and I are going to be here next month sharing the good word. So please send in that good news, everybody. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, my son Calvin is going to end the show with a quote today from Unknown. A house is made of walls and beams. A home is built with love and dreams. Very cool. Well, good luck, everybody, with your journey home. Carpe diem!